You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. May 15th to June 15th is Tourette Syndrome Awareness Month. Tourette Syndrome is usually diagnosed in childhood or adolescence. According to the Tourette Association of America, one out of every 160 children between the ages of 5 and 17 in the United States has Tourette Syndrome, and one out of every 100 children has Tourette Syndrome or another tic disorder. My guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan is Tourette activist Peter Yang Zhao, who we've had on previous episodes with Sergeant Steve Lee to talk about the topic of Asian hate. In this in-depth interview, Peter explains what Tourette syndrome is, how he got diagnosed, and speaks frankly about the challenges he's had to overcome as a Tourette, and how he advocates for more awareness of Tourette syndrome. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Hey, hey, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, so I'm Peter, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah? But before that, I was born and raised in Nanjing, China. And uh, of course, the audience w- might want to know what's my connection with Taiwan. So yeah, I- I'll let you know. You know, uh, you know, just earlier I was I was on another Facebook group. It's another social active group, sort of a Black Lives Matter in alliance with Asian people. It's one of that kind of groups. And so you know, one member was talking about uh, Asian sexualization fetish right uh, fetish for asian men in this case so they're asking uh male members to make some opinions you know so i say hey you know what i'll be very flattered you know if if you obsessed with me you know i say you know you like asian men great so that brings my topic you know i've always liked you know taiwanese girls you know so you know i i that was i had an ex-wife you know it was a good time you know and but that's not the only connection point to Taiwan. Um, also living in New York City, uh, I, I get to have a lot of friends, classmates from the Taiwanese community. You know, in the recent you know decades, you know, I spent time in uh, Asian New York platforms like that. Uh, that's also that's how, how I met you. You know, Oriented.com eats meets West. And so, you know, Taiwanese Association, I, did, I took a lot of photos. I even sold food with them, you know. And uh, people, you know, people can't believe it. And I was like, hey, you're from mainland China. I said, you know what? Uh, the, some of the key members from the, the Sunflower Movement, you know, in Taiwan, I met them in Brooklyn. And we're all friends, you know. They know I'm cool. I don't talk about these sensitive politics. I just talk about, you know, language, art, culture, you know. You know, and of course, food, you know, so that is my connection to Taiwan. You know, that's how I met you, Felicia. <laughs> Thanks for that, Peter. I appreciate your frankness. Um, and you are a very talented photographer. I remember that you would uh, take photos at Oriented and different events. Um, those are really fun times. Good memories. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about um, what is Tourette syndrome? Um, I'm not sure how many people know what it is or um what they have heard about it? Well, uh, I, you know, I'll make it really simple. Um, uh, the reason why it's called Tourette syndrome, Tourette's, T-O-U-R-E-T-T-E, apostrophe S, is because this is, uh, uh, this is something discovered by uh, uh, La Tourette, Dr. La Tourette, 
the French doctor. This is back in the late, in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a condition being found over a century ago. And um, it's a, on a very basis, it's a semi-involuntary, it's a, it's a neurological disorder. Right? It's a neurological disorder associated with semi-involuntary movements. Uh, we call them tics. And, but that's just the very, very basis, you know. Uh, if uh, when I talk about the, the topic of Tourette syndrome, uh, I often try to uh, talk about this this very popular diagram people like to use that causes the Tourette syndrome iceberg. So as you can imagine, the tip of the iceberg is the physical characteristics of Tourette syndrome that's associated with physical tics. The tics can manifest in like motor tics. <laughs> you can also motor tics like, you know, people like blinking the eye, you know, not just blinking. But you, you, you notice people who have Tourette's, they blink very fast and mm-hmm. blink in rapids uh, in clusters. And not just blinking. It could be twitching of the face, squeezing of the cheek, uh, clicking the jaw. And, you know, some people even bite themselves, you know, as the shoulder jerks, you know, you name it. There's, there's all kind of movements, you know, out there. There's vocal tics. People bark, make noise copy words, catchy phrases they like to repeat. There's things called a corpolalia. It's a, it's, a, it's a term associated with repeating of obscenity. And when you hear people repeat the, the F word, the B words, you know, just, just they, they can't seem to stop. People think they're rude, but actually they can't, they can't stop saying those things. But below the iceberg, a whole bunch of other things other than just the physical traits of, of, of Tourette's syndrome. What's underneath, you know, it has the root cause of Tourette's. So Tourette's, they, well, on the root of Tourette's, it actually come from another c- condition. We all know about this, OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. OCD, because OCD, you know, it has a, a manifestation involved, you know. So there's a trigger mechanism. So so there there is this... You know, you, when you're obsessive about a thought, you know, our brain will create a thought before the movement comes out. So repeating thought and remo- repeating movements is really hand-to-hand. And that's why OCD is the, really the root of, of Tourette's. So that's why for my diagnosis from 30 years ago, uh, I was diagnosed at the, North, at the time, you know, now it's uh, North Ball System. By the time it was North Shore University Hospital, it was, uh, the main doctor was Dr. Shapiro. He's quite a famous doctor uh, in the field of Tourette's. A lot of famous Tourette syndrome celebrities who have written books have also talked about Dr. Shapiro. Right? So that's where I met him 30 years ago. He had diagnosed me with Tourette syndrome, also co-occurring symptom of ADHD, you know, attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity, hyperactivity disorder, and uh, slash OCD and uh, so on the, on the bottom of the iceberg, you have ADHD, OCD, depression, uh, bipolar. You have a whole slew of different mental health conditions. You know, they could be co-occurring together, uh, diagnosed as early as when you find Tourette syndrome, or these are actually, other than these you know, like, like, like chemical imbalance induced uh, conditions, you know, 
a lot of these like depressions, it could also be how you were, uh, you know, received by the public about your your Tourette's and and the trauma you received for for experiencing Tourette's and enduring all this bully, this lad. That's so, so all these things are underneath the iceberg. That's why whenever people talk about Tourette's, uh, the general negative stigma is people who bark, who curse, and who who shouts obscenities uncontrollably. You know, people on media, even politicians have used Tourette syndrome as a way to to weaponize you know, because it's such a shocking condition. But in actuality, Tourette's come in different forms. There are different levels, and, and it's, it's it's a very complex thing. And for hundred, for over a hundred years, it's still debated. It's still in the theory stage. These, you know, they they still haven't really found out how. It is hereditary. Uh, it's a 50-50 chance of carrying the gene uh, for both male and female, you know. And I believe, uh, if I'm if I'm correct, I think the female is the one who who, who actually carry this gene more, you know. Um, but I think the OCD will be more present in female. I could be wrong, I, I, you know. But there 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 are already a lot more information out there. Um, Compared to the time I I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, but but so on a, on a very basic level, it's a like I said, it's a neurological disorder and associated with semi involuntary movements, cortics. Thank you for sharing that, Peter. It sounds very complex because there may be some other um, issues coupled with that. Um, like you said, depending on how somebody mm-hmm. is um, dealing with. Uh, being treated by their peers, they could probably develop some depressive depression or other issues. Um, and is you said that it's related to OCD? Is Tourette's considered OCD then? Like a form of OCD? Um, from uh, my knowledge, uh, my experience with this, OCD uh, can really be seen as a uh, a, a root. A root component to to what Tourette is, you know, I and mean, they call Tourette a syndrome because it's it, it's complex. It has it has a lot of factors, variables, a lot of degrees, severities. OCD and Tourette syndrome is very very similar, and because uh, uh, you know one of the uh, Tourette syndrome ticks uh, ticks can you know like I said before, it can manifest uh, as a vocal form. A physical form. It can also manifest as a, a mental form. So basically, if you think about it, a mental tick, is some kind of an obsession, a re- repetition of things. If you think about it, that is what OCD is. So mm-hmm. there is something in OCD. There is a, a conjunction between OCD and Tourette syndrome. Some people say, call this this p- particular symptom the intrusive thoughts. Uh, uh, a lot, a lot of us have intrusive thoughts, you know. Um, it has to do with focus and concentration. A lot of us, you know, might lose focus, you know, while we're uh, talking to our boss, and and then you could be thinking about sex. Right? So, <laughs> uh, but that's for normal people. But when you have Tourette's, so you might not just think about sex once. 
I mean, you know, they, they say as a man, you think about sex a lot like, throughout the day. But when you have Tourette syndrome, you know, just for this one minute of talking to someone, you know, I might be thinking about, but not just like, like normal sexual stuff. It could be very violent, very graphic. Sometimes people couldn't believe, you know, kids. Kids have intrusive thoughts. And they often complain to their parents about unwanted thoughts of, of subject matter that's beyond their age level. Sometimes wow. it could be very violent, graphic. Uh, they don't understand why these thoughts come to the mind and, and it lingers around. And, and, you know, sometimes parents who don't understand, like my mom, you know, she was supportive at the same time. To me, she wasn't supportive because she wasn't supporting my Tourette syndrome the way I wanted to. But in some, in some way, to her, she couldn't understand why I have this kind of tics, especially the tics that comes in the mind. You know, to her, I might be making things up. And so that's, that's why uh, Tourette syndrome is not OCD, right? But OCD, but Tourette syndrome is also a form of OCD. But Tourette syndrome is on a different category. So it's because the complexity of, of Tourette itself. And a lot of time with the diagnosis, just like when you get diagnosed with a lot of things, OCD, just like OCD, you know, you could be diagnosed with, with like a very casual OCD that's, that's not a problem for your normal life. You can also be diagnosed with a severe OCD because it affects affect your life dramatically that you have to, Make make changes in your life to accommodate these uh, obsessions, you know. So it's just like Tourette syndrome, you know. Uh, people could have tics. There are people who walk, who walk around with tics all the time. It could be uh, a minor chemical imbalance making this kind of tics. It might be just a bad habit, you know. But when these things become so frequent and they become uh, uh, detrimental to your lifestyle, now you have to make way to change it. And, and that, that's when you actually get a medical diagnosis uh, on what Tourette syndrome is. Yeah, that's the question is like, at what point do you know that it's Tourette's like, because I mean, I'm sure people could have different reasons why they have facial tick, for example, or something like that. And so how do you diagnose that's Tourette syndrome and how did you get diagnosed? Well, uh, <laughs> we hear right now is, is, is my vocal tick. Yeah. <laughs> The throat grunt is very popular tick among a lot of Tourette folks. Uh, hey, there's hey. This actually, this is actually a very interesting tick. This is this is the evolution of ticks. So, <laughs> this actually has a history because at one point I had a copolalia. Uh, I used to repeat F U B, and I do it all the time. I do it on the dinner table, talk to my mom. I'm like, "Fuck you, bitch!" Right? She said, "What? She said, what?" So, so I, I went from like a very definitely something fuck you bitch. To eventually, I got to the point where it's like fuck you, right? So, I thought to myself, uh, I made just the urge to say, you know, instead of saying fuck you bitch, I say friend, right? So even at that 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 level of uh, clarity, it still satisfied me. So I thought, why don't I find a way to satisfy my urge to say that? Without just saying it, so from so making there, a different sound. Yeah, so I started making different sounds. So I basically I went for the tone only without the words. Mm -hmm. uh, this took me years to to practice. 
eventually I shifted or changed the habit. Mm -hmm. That's uh, incredible. And I didn't I didn't know about there's actually uh, people who actually take training course for this. They call this uh, uh, cognitive uh, behavior therapy thing. And you were just doing it on your own. You had the awareness that when you had you had the urge, then you changed what you're saying. That's correct. That's correct. Just to my own experience, to observation. Um, like for example, uh, there's a popular theory behind uh, uh, oxygen supply to your brain and Tourette's syndrome. Uh, there is a popular device that it's an orthodontist device that you bite on. That because they, they say basically some people with jaw TMJ right the 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 jaw. Uh, the joint joint. Mm -hmm. Some people join uh, is dislocated or it's in a way where your jaw cannot open up fully. So for those people, they are missing some important gaps uh, around the jaw to allow nutrients, chemical, or even air to pass to parts of your brain. Mm -hmm. So there's a device out there where you can bite on and that sort of... Uh, corrects your 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 jaw joint so over two three years you'll fix the problem by biting on this your severely reduced tics including ocd symptoms and adhd just by biting it's very, very interesting because uh you know you know as as you know you know science science you know have long proven that you know it isn't the, a lot of time it isn't the the medicine you know, we take supplements because we, our body needs it. But a lot of time we take medicine to activate our body to induce chemicals. Because we have our own medicine inside our body, but we, we just need the key to open them. So a lot of these medicines are the key to open these these chemicals. So <clears throat> it's very interesting with the device that you bite on, you know, I guess with the nerve ending on your teeth. You 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 release these hormones, these 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 chemicals that help you control the ticks. But over time, your jaw might heal. But once you stop biting it, you also my I have a friend, uh, son, um, went through three years of therapy doing this. You know? but then he realized that that as soon as you stop biting it, you know, tick will come back. Yeah, but that's what I was wondering. Three years later. Three years down the line, um, his tactic change because as you grow, uh, as you grow, uh, your tick will change. Mm, Sometimes it'll, it'll become less. Uh, it will change. So also this kid, this kid's teeth got all deformed. Oh dear. So yeah. So 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 now he can't close his teeth. Oh no! Before it was a jaw issue. Now his mm. teeth can close. So, oh dear! So you know, you know, unfortunately with Tourette's, there's there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Mm. Like like with, with a lot of things, you know, whether but, it's a device or a medicine. But but back to what you're trying to say. The reason why I bring this up is because <laughs> through through our own observation and experience, we could we could find facts that's proven by science. So that's why when I, when I was talking about cognitive behavior training, how I was able to uh, find a way to change my, my behavior, that's something already in books. I had no idea, but just through observation. Mm -hmm. And I realized oxygen might be an issue. And that's why a long time ago, my mom and friend told me, say, say why, are you, why are you like this all the time? You know? 
right? You're hunched over with your shoulders over, right? all. He said, mm. when you're hunched over, you can't breathe right. right? Mm. So he said, you should, you should pull your shoulder back, raise mm-hmm. your chest, so you can breathe a lot better. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I realized I was able to control my tick better. Mm-hmm. And later on, you know, I realized ten years down the line, I realized, oh wow, there's actually a science. People actually believe in this. You know? mm-hmm. so, so very, very, very interesting. Well, it just seems intuitive. More oxygen is good, right? <laughs> but I was also wondering. Um, yeah, with, yeah. With facial tics, um, does that it, does it get to a point that it gets tiring and it hurts your muscles? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, especially when I'm going through my things. You know, my my my. Uh, I think I didn't cover the last point. Oh, I'm going to cover right now. That uh, my 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 first tick started when when I was eight years old. I was still in China at the time. Mm. Uh, I remember I was taking a bath with my father at the time, and uh, I repeatedly stick out my tongue. Right? So even now I'm thinking about it, my I can I can feel my tongue wiggling <laughs> to my mouth. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. See, ticks don't don't go ticks don't go away perm- permanently. They'll disappear, but if they are stuck in your they're ingrained inside your memory. So. While I'm talking to you about it, my old tick from eight years old is coming out. But I also know how to cure it. So I'm kind of biting my lips. I kind of know how to stop it. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll go away. But that's that's when I first had this thing. My father thought that I might, I might be just copying a snake uh, from watching TV or an mm-hmm. animal program. Mm-hmm. So eventually he took me to see a doctor. And the doctor said that, uh, you know, he did say that I have some kind of a hyperactivity disorder, but he mm-hmm. also said it's a bad behavior is going to go away. You know, uh, you know, unfortunately in China, even even now, you know, also you know, in Asian family, you know, uh, behavioral health condition is not something that's always talked about. Um, you know, and it's still seen as a as, as a weakness, and because people feel you know, willpower can can cure any behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. So so so. You know, my father really wasn't really concerned about it when I was eight year old. So by nine, ten, it wasn't so bad. It got really bad after it came to the United States, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially after my father left. You know, parents were divorced when I was twelve. Uh, I wasn't sad, man. I, I know they're gonna divorce, you know, because growing up, my folks always fight. So mm-hmm. when it got when it got divorced, I was twelve years old. Uh, it wasn't perhaps, a surprise. It was a surprise, you know. But perhaps I was upset. Perhaps I was hurt. Adding the fact that I'm a I'm a new immigrant. Mm-hmm. I came mm-hmm. here. I came here at 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 ten years old. But like a few a few weeks later, I celebrated my eleventh birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived at Elmhurst, Corona at the time. You know, it was a different time. Dinkin Dinkin era. It was it was still rather rough, you know. Mm-hmm. And there weren't like a lot of Asians like now. Mm-hmm. And I moved. I moved to Bayside, which is predominantly white. And uh, I left the bilingual class. I was in a regular class with, with the ESL program. And so I think maybe because... There are a lot of change, new new adjustments and stressors. Yeah, new adjustment, environment change. Also, the air quality difference. See, hmm. when I left China at the time, China had great air quality. You know, This is before the... <clears throat> Before the 2000, the big boom, they kept building like crazy. Mm-hmm. This is before all the dust. So we had at the time it was beautiful, blue sky, you know, and air quality was great. You know? Perhaps 
you know, when I first came here, my first impression of New York City was, oh man, this place is so ghetto, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I, I expect gold paved roads or something, you know? But instead, I find dog poops and air quality is horrible. <laughs> you know, back in the 90s, you know, air quality is horrible. So maybe all those factors that really just enhance my Tourette. So, 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 so by, by 12, by, by when I was 12, seventh grade, it, 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 it was so bad. I had, uh, Man had like blinking eyes, uh, jaw movements, uh, raising my nose. I had to touch my face. I was shaking. And sometimes like seizure, like like shakes. Oh like when goodness. we go to the store and then people ask my mom, is your son okay? You know, they think I'm having a seizure. Wow. And the only time I go away is when I completely fall asleep. That's, that's, that's gone. That sounds really wake, tiring, yeah. It is. It, it was. When I wake up, and uh, it's not there. But as soon as I think about, hey, it's not there, boom, it oh, comes right back. Oh my god! So that's why Tourette always it has this this uh, connection between the mind and the body. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why it got so bad that it was affecting me, uh, affecting my grades, my my study. I can concentrate, and plus I was getting, I was getting bullied, man, every day. Everybody uh, made fun of me. You know, it wasn't just just white kids or black kids making fun of me, calling me chinks. You know, you know, chinks wasn't the the worst thing, man. You know, people people think I'm. You know, as very early, I was still learning English, and I get mm-hmm. to learn all these phrases. Like people call me freak. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like the freak of the school because I made I made noises, and now I look different. <laughs> and uh, plus, you know, with Tourette's, your thought process is also very random. Uh, so yeah, everybody made fun of me, man. It, it was very stressful, and you know I love school. You know I went to school. Uh, English was my favorite grade. You know by seventh grade, everyone everyone just made fun of me, and uh, you know I, I think I remember I was having cramps every time I go to school or after school. I have stomach issue. Maybe you're having panic so, attacks or something yeah, too. Yeah, I mean there's stressful. a lot of negative bad associations. Yeah. Very stressful, and 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 teacher don't help. Um, um, or maybe they don't know how to help, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, you know, eventually, you know, I had to get that diagnosed. So so I couldn't, I don't know where to look for a doctor or what this is. So, you know, as as new immigrants, you know, my mom, you know, my mom speaks great, great English. You know, my mom, you know, she... Uh, she she came here for legit reason. So the doctor in China. So at this point, you didn't know about Tourette's. The doctor in China never used that term or diagnosed it. No, they didn't. And also, my mom. You know, my mom speaks great English. English, and she know a lot of. She know a bunch of people here, and uh, so. But she asked around. No one. No one really know what this is. Uh, we we were recommended to see a Chinese doctor. So mm-hmm. we actually went to see this. I forgot his name. It was a long time ago, but it was a. There's very well-known uh, Chinese reflexologist, you know, who's skilled in acupuncture. Uh, I went to see this guy, and uh, you know, he did he put a bunch of needles on me, and uh, that, that's also when I realized that when you when you strike the right uh, pressure point, with the needle, you can actually lock lock my my mechanism. So I actually felt felt I don't want to tick anymore. But he oh, was, he was also it was also but you have to keep doing that. You gotta keep doing that. Also, once you pull the needle off, the tick, the tick come back. Oh. Also, for the more severe tick, like shoulder, when you have a needle, uh, you don't want a tick. 
because it's the ultimate behavior therapy. You feel like electric shock, right? Because we mm. have your joint locked. Mm-hmm. So you tell yourself, don't, don't, don't move, man. You know, otherwise it's going to hurt, you know? So, <laughs> and so in a way, that's also behavior training, right? So even though you take it off, you should remember, you know, you don't want to do that. It's going to mm-hmm. be a sharp pain, right? So how long did you do? Did you do the acupuncture for a little while, or? Actually, no, because I actually dropped the ball, and he said, "Oh, your son basically told my father, and my mom that I'm incurable," which you know what isn't wrong, right? But he said it in a way that you know it sounds like one my nerve is gonna break and then everything's gone. So, so he said he has this magic pill, and it was like uh, two hundred dollars you know, per per pill, you know. So oh, it just it went from it went from something legit to something like a scam, right? Yeah. So, so, so we left this guy. Um, I don't exactly know how how it came about, but we were recommended to go to North Shore University Hospital to talk mm-hmm. to someone about Tourette. Mm-hmm. I think I think that my pediatrician might have mentioned it, mm-hmm. uh, but of course at the time it was affecting me so so much, uh, so I had to get it diagnosed. So that's uh, around end of my twelve year old, seventh grade. I got diagnosed. Uh, I was is also it, is it a neurologist that diagnoses you then? Yeah, it was. I think I remember his title was it was uh, pediatric, pediatric neurology. Mm. Uh, also, he has like a you know a slash uh, uh, pediatric psychiatry. Mm. So it was a double thing, and it was it was really impressive at the time um, that you know Tourette was. You know, thanks to this guy, actually, he was pioneering in using uh, behavioral health uh, medicines, uh, like medicine to to control, say, schizophrenia, antipsychotic, using medicine like this to to help uh, control Tourette syndrome. So that's why he, mm. he introduced me to this medicine called Pimazide, or AKA the ORAP. It's an antidepressant. No, no, yeah, no, it was antipsychotic. It mm. was mainly to treat schizophrenia. Hmm. But around the same time, you know, I later on I found out a story. There's a famous book called Twitch and Shout. Uh, it was by, I think his name was uh, Noel. Uh-huh. Um, he's, a, he's a professor. He's a famous guy. So this was this one of the first book that came out in the 90s. In this right. book itself, he also talked about my doctor and also talked about oh, the medicine I, I used. Hmm. And what's crazy about this medicine is that, that I forgot who was making it, but the company was losing money because they produced the new medicine to treat schizophrenia, which is works better. Mm-hmm. So the old drug, they were trying to fade away, mm-hmm. but without realizing that the Tourette community are, are, are harvesting on this stuff. You fade away, you know, we, we lost our magical pill. So the Tourette community for the first time ever went to the Congress p- petition uh, for the FDA to, to basically create a, a special ruling mm-hmm. to allow to incentivize pharmaceutical companies to continue to produce produce these outdated drugs hmm. for other reasons, for, for other conditions. And the government will give them some kind of a tax incentives so they won't lose out. So they were so, successful or no? So they were successful. So so that's why this so that's why I was able to take it. So okay. thanks to okay. th- thanks to legislation like this. And uh, But how but did you do a, how did you do on the drug? The, the medicine, it, it, when I initially, uh, uh, just, just very, very quickly before the medicine, there, there was another medicine which helped me greatly mentally. 
my mom told me to uh, eventually told me to use my fist to defend myself because the, all the tormenting all the bullying just won't stop and my mom said you know what the teachers don't want to help you you know you, you gotta defend yourself so so yeah i i i i i i punched the biggest bully uh it was a hispanic kid was a lot taller than me i punched wow. him keeping black guy right and at the principal's office you know I'll, I'll, at the time i've only been here for two years i wrote i wrote a two-page essay <laughs> to to talk about what happened you know and he he squeezed out like two paragraphs you know mainly objectively pointing at me that i'm the one who i fought meanwhile i wrote this huge thing and the principal was like wait he read it he said wait your mom said so you should use your fist because the teachers are useless i said yeah <laughs> so they called my mom in. My mom chewed them out. I said, exactly. I said, adults, the only adults in the room can't do anything. You know, what else are you going to do but to fight, right? So that helped me a lot mentally. And uh, that's how I became an advocate. By eighth grade, I started. So this is what you're calling, this was your first quote-unquote medicine before you got on the antipsychotic medicine? Uh, is that time. what you're, you're, call, you're calling this your medicine because that's part of your therapy? I was just wondering because you said you that you had some medicine before this antipsychotic before taking the pill. This is also going back to how complex uh, you know Tourette syndrome is. Mm-hmm. You know, any audience out there who have taken therapy for psychological conditions, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to erase, not erase, trying to ease a trauma, right? mm-hmm. trying to therapize mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. You know that there's no way you can. You can get rid of a trauma, right. but through but through therapy, you can work with it. So that's why what I'm trying to say is that I I received the medication before I let you know about the physical control the medication gave me. I also mm-hmm. want to emphasize that around the same time when I got the medication, it was also I had a fist fight, mm-hmm. and when I realized I need to take myself in front of the classroom and to talk to everyone about who I am and what's Tourette's instead of having you assume who I who I'm not right so so back to the the actual medication uh, uh you know like a lot of medication you you will need a good few days or a few weeks to finally see some effects so I think I remember it was a few weeks down the line uh my ticks dramatically reduced especially big movements the seizure like ticks uh y'all y'all got stopped uh, how I felt, I felt, uh, I remember that medicine, for a lot of people, that medicine, uh, some of the side effects is, you know, you feel sluggish, you feel slow, you feel tired, you mm-hmm. feel sleepy. But I was the exact opposite. I felt hyper. I remember I had a lot of headaches. Uh, I often get, like, motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but ticks were controlled. It's almost like, you know, I, I like, like when the urge to smoke cigarette, right? the, the urge to smoke cigarette, that urge itself mm-hmm. is very much like a tick mm-hmm. that you have to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it's urge taking out, mm-hmm. or maybe you can, maybe it's there, but it just just suppressed. That's why that's why they call it uh-huh. suppression, mm-hmm. right? But uh, there were also, but I also realized when I take the medication, I I start to have a lot more vocal ticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cursing stuff, corpolalia, came about after the medication. 
So you, so the physical ticks went away, but then you had more verbal ticks. Right, physical ticks went away, but then that same energy transcended mm-hmm. into 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 the vocal realm. Right, and and also it went into the mental realm. So mm-hmm. so I started having a lot a lot of uh, intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my intrusive thoughts it wasn't just a, a focus or, or a concentration problem where where I was you suddenly get distracted. Uh, yeah. Yeah, suddenly another thought comes into my mind. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when I was uh, eighth grade, you know, I wouldn't be thinking about sex, right? <laughs> Obviously, when I was in eighth grade, you know, I could be thinking about other stuff. You know, things I saw on TV, a car, something. So it, it may sound like a normal focus ADHD issue, but uh, it's it's more because you know sometimes you, when you think so much, you put yourself into like a daydream stage. Mm. So I could be daydreaming a lot, you know, mm. but, but eventually, you know, I took this medication for eight years straight. Wow. Eight years straight. Also at the time, you know, uh, you know, at the time there weren't a lot of regulations and guidelines mm. as to how, as to compare to now, right now there's a lot of guidelines, regulations, rules, strategies, you know, how to deal with this long-term drug usage. You know, for for behavioral health, these are psychoactive medicines. They're very very strong, so they mm-hmm. are they're, they're chemical. You know, you know you might need a chem- you might be chemical deficit, but 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 you know in a way you know you know we are created this way, so maybe it, you're chemical deficit for a reason. So so there's no such thing as free lunch. So so satisfactory for people are different and you know, varies right. severe, mm-hmm. and that and eventually the intrusive thoughts. By the by the time I was uh, maybe five or six years into taking this medication, my I was already uh, seventeen, eighteen, and my ticks has already gone through an evolution. Mm-hmm. I went from seizure like body ticks to a lot more complicated. I also developed learning dis- some 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 form of learning disability, also uh, writing disability. I have mm-hmm. horrible handwriting, as associated mm-hmm. with most people with Tourette's. We all have handwriting problems. Hmm. So a lot of us choose to type, and uh, I remember I used to I, for a period of time I used to repetitively just want to doodle and draw penises. Right? <laughs> so they have a term uh, they call it uh, corporal graphia, graphia like graphics. So the the oh the, so instead of the ver- you know, verbal obscenity, it's like a you draw the obscenity. You draw you draw all <laughs> movements. Some people like to grab the ball, you know. Hmm. Uh, and then scratch the butt, you know. Uh, sometimes it's just just obscenity, getting hmm. getting getting people's attention. So that's why that's why for a lot of people, Tourette syndrome and ADHD and OCD are almost always diagnosed together because it, it, it really really goes goes hand in hand. You know, for a lot of people, at one point we are we we don't want to show people because we are afraid of grabbing attention. But for some ticks, you're like an exhibitionist. Mm. You want that attention, and you do mm. it. Mm. That's why it's, it's 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 so complicated. But you know, this intrusive thoughts. By the time I was uh, like six years into it, it, it got so bad. I begin to hear, hear I beginning to hear voices. So you know how your conscience speak to you, uh, like damn it, man, I should have done that. You know, man, I sh- I should have called her back. You know, and no, no, she won't call me back, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes you hear you catch yourself. You know, talking to yourself or even thinking sure. out loud, but 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 when it comes to intrusive thoughts, and my side effect was that uh, 
it only manifests when when something embarrassing happens. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm having a very good day. I'm, I'm I went to gym class. I sucked in basketball, but today I decided to try again, and I missed a shot. Mm. And people laugh at me. Mm. I immediately I, I I find myself self criticizing. I said, mm. Peter, you're so stupid. Mm. I should have never said that because as soon as I self criticize, mm-hmm. it won't stop. So now mm. all I hear is my own voice calling myself stupid. So mm. and then and just totally uh, berating me and and mm. just calling me all kind of names. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, my mom loves me. But at the same time, my mom also her she has a mood swing. My my, my father believes that my, my my mom may have given me some of my Tourette genes because my father feels that she's bipolar, OCD, mm-hmm. undiagnosed because mm-hmm. my mom, it's all about willpower. Now, growing up, I also realized, you know, now I realize my mom actually had strange habits, which I fight, I fight with her about her habits. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's trying to force her habits onto me. You know, it could be as simple as using a mop a certain way I'm like, mm-hmm. why you do this stuff? I'm like, mom, this is actual actual work. Why you mm-hmm. do this stuff? Right? Mm-hmm. And she, she fight with me about it. But as I get older, I realize that she do these extra things because she's she have OCD. It's bad enough for her to create ways to accommodate her OCD. So that's why my father feels that my mom is such an obsessive person. Something something's up. She need to get diagnosed, but she never she never got diagnosed. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Back to my intrusive, my intrusive thoughts. Eventually, I begin to hear her voice. I hear how she called me stupid or stuff like that. Mm. And so, eventually, I, I talk to her. I tell my I tell my mom about. I said, you know, I said, I said, I want to stop my, my, my medication. She said, why? I said, because I'm hearing voices. Mm. So she gets upset because to her, uh, to her, she, she often blame herself. You know, she she she. She felt very guilty about me having Tourette's. She mm. she she blamed herself, but she may mostly blame about uh, uh, the the awful relationship she had with my father, the daily fighting. She feel like all this stuff affected me mentally, mm. but but she doesn't really realize I have more to say to her, and I wish she would believe me. But then my mom focused more on the, her guilt. The, her guilt. Also, she focused more on the physical tics because to mm. her it's embarrassing mm. uh, she cares a lot she's she's very chinese like that she cares a lot about her face i'm older now thinking back i'm a parent myself right now you know so so there's a lot more forgiveness forgive, forgiveness for her uh, in her now you know what i'm saying I'm, i got older but before i was we fight all the time and uh she doesn't believe that i have these voices especially when i tell her you know uh these voices sound like you and she's like, "Oh, you know what? Why you say this kind of stuff to me? You just want to piss. You just want to piss me off." So she thinks I'm creating these things just to piss her off to get attention. You know? Yeah, you and her reaction is not surprising because you're on this medication that was controlling your physical tics. So she thought, "Well, that's fine. So yeah. you don't have to have the outward appearance of having yeah. Tourette." Well, she will say, "You know, I I talk to myself too, right? I hear myself. I hear my own thoughts." Mm-hmm. She said, you know, everybody hear their own thoughts. Everybody think out loud. There's nothing special about you. <laughs> but, I, but I said, that's what I hear. She don't believe it. So, uh, but, but, so obviously she wants a medication that's able to mask the physical tics 
so she won't she will she feel that her son's more perfect but then she she don't want me to do that and sacrifice the physical chicks you know just because there's some something other thing going on that she doesn't understand but at the same time i tell my mom you know that there's one point that none of us understand what harassment syndrome is so now I, there's more to it don't you want to learn what that is but then she'll refuse to hear but then what's even more sad was that the, the doctor don't want to hear. Not, not, not exactly. So you don't did go hear. to the doctor and tell the doctor but the same thing that you're telling your mom. I had a, I had, I went through like maybe two or three different neurologists. Uh, some had pediatric uh, specialties on the side. Some don't. Um, maybe one, maybe one was also a slash psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, none of them believed in managing the medication like the way they do it now. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't giving a blood test oh. every every other month. Uh, and and at this point, how old were you? You said you were probably about seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, I started, I started taking it well twelve. So okay. by now I was about sixteen, sixteen, okay. seventeen. Okay. And and doctor have recommended me to basically wax and wing on the on the medication. Uh, gradually increase, gradually decrease. Mm. Uh, but they didn't really give me any other recommendation, or especially they didn't give me any uh, like more enhanced uh, diagnosis mm. or, or enhanced like investigatory way to, to figure out if this stuff still works for you. Or they also never, I wouldn't say believe, or yeah, I guess it's believe. You know? I, I don't think they believe that, that, that there are such side effects as hearing voices. They, they don't understand. They, they, they will only think about schizophrenia, hearing voices. They don't think about like there's other way of not like feeling the voices, you know. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't freaking th- they couldn't. They could, um, so I'm getting very 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 upset at his doctor back then. Yeah. Like what kind of doctor are you, you know? So so this intrusive thought thing eventually got so bad that I was already 19 and 20. Oh wow! And, so this is four, three or four years going yeah, through this. Yeah. So by by 20, it was my last year taking taking this medication. But you know what, Felicia? This medication it was also highly addictive, mentally and also physically. Although I didn't fully realize the physical addiction of of the medication until when I tried to quit. But yeah. mentally, mentally, I was really dependent on man. I, 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 everywhere I go, if I go to a camp, I, I sleep over someone's house. I, I just gotta have my medication. Like this is my hot. This is like uh-huh. my hot medicine. I feel like I don't have it. I'm gonna die. You know? uh-huh. So I just gotta take it. If I don't take it, I'm like thinking everything's gonna be bad again. Wow. So, so, so how so, did yeah. you come to the point to decide to quit? It was that your choice? It was my choice. You, and you see how, and how did you, you decide how? that? Because it was just got to a point where it's just you realized you're yeah, dependent on it. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it, it was conflicting. On one hand, I tell my parents I want to stop, right? And I hate the fact that she wanted me to, to keep it because he controlled the ticks, yeah, physical ticks. Right. Meanwhile, I also have this this type of thinking because I also don't want to stop. You know, I'm also the few intrusive thoughts dwarfs my, my motor ticks, but I also think about how crazy the motor ticks were, so I don't want them to come back. So... But eventually, but see, I moved out. But I was 19. I moved out. Um, uh, oh. I, I met the I met the Taiwanese girl at the time. Right? I moved out. 
And uh, so now I don't have my mom uh, jittering at me, you know, and, and, and talking things. You know, one thing I hated, you know, living with her with Tourette's was that uh, whenever, whenever I was having a good day, she always jab at me. She always mm. say, I mean, she, she, she meant, she meant well. She would say, hey, 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 look, look, you're not ticking today. Then I immediately mm. start to tick. And I'm like, oh. why you say that? Yeah, why you say that? She's like, she, then she would say, look, man, you're so weak, right? You're weak-minded. Mm. As soon as I say it, it come back, you know? Mm. She would laugh at me, you know? And, mm. and, but later on, I realized uh, the, rec- the mechanism of recognition uh, bring back ticks. Mm-hmm. Recognition is, is, is a trigger for mm-hmm. ticks. So, mm-hmm. so, so when you see someone who have Tourette's and they're having a good day and they're not ticking, do not mention anything about Tourette's or ticks. Just let them be. <laughs> you don't trigger them, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to trigger them. Just, just, just let them be. So by almost 20, uh, this intrusive thought was so bad. It was affecting my school. I was, I was full-time college. I was also full-time working. So I, I could I could show up at work feeling good or show up in school feeling good, you know, a couple of hours later and something happens that make me blame myself or, or make, 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 make myself feel guilty about something, then boom, it comes back and it'll never go away. It'll never mm-hmm. go away. The mm-hmm. voice just lingers. But the only way it'll go away is if I sleep. So mm-hmm. that's why I used to just, just, just cut off from class mm-hmm. or ask for excuse and go home, take a sick day. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I had, I had to go to sleep because once I go to sleep, I wake up, I feel good again. Mm-hmm. But once I wake up, you know, I don't want to think about those things because, because I, I will, I will just basically spawn, you know, respond the whole thing. You know, right. I'll trigger, it'll come mm-hmm. right back. Mm-hmm. It, it would just, so, but eventually it got so bad, man. It got so bad. And plus, you know, I was going through a lot of problems. Uh, money issue, school, you know, eventually, you know, I, I was wanting to drop out. I was, I was, I got fired from my job. So a lot of problems, you know? So, so, you know, one, one day I was, I was driving down the highway and uh, I remember I was crying and driving at, at the same time. And, uh, and, and, and I kept hearing the voice too. The voice that at, at that time, the voice was also telling me to kill myself. Oh dear. I, I, so, so, uh, and you're still so, yes. on the medication at this point, right? I was still, still on the medication. Yeah. I was still on the med- medication at the time. And uh, <laughs> so I was driving down the road and, and I, I was thinking about smashing my car, you know, into the oncoming traffic. Oh, know? dear. So, so that, that week, that week, I, I decided to stop my, my medication. You know, I actually had a had a, a nice chit chat with my my psychology professor from Baruch at the time. Mm. Uh, he was surprised that that my mom don't want to hear about it, and also especially the doctors don't want to hear about it. So yeah. he actually thought that I should stop the medication immediately. So mm. even though he was, you know, he wasn't a clinical um, psychiatry, but he he was a he was a lecturer, he's a mm. professor. Mm. He certainly knew a lot about this this this. And so he told me to stop. So I stopped. You know, and and I remember uh, I woke up fine, but by that day afternoon, you know, I had to leave school early because I, I'm beginning to feel weird. I felt chill. Uh, I was having like that's like the first a, day that you quit. Yeah, immediately. I mean, it was no, no. I'm sorry. First day I quit. Uh, one. Oh, first, yeah. First whole day I felt good. 
job. But first whole day, I felt good. But by the second day, yeah, by the second day, uh, by midday, I began to feel weird. You know, I was, I was having chills and sweaty palms, mm-hmm. so I was having tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I asked my professor at the time, he said, oh, you having withdrawal symptoms, you should, you should go home, you know. So, yeah, I went home. Uh, I was just, just, I was really jittery. I was, I was, it wasn't, I remember I wasn't taking too much, but I was just feeling very weird. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. So I, I, I it was a really rough time, but, but it wasn't like, you know, you see on TV with, with cocaine or heroin addiction, but it, it wasn't comfortable. Um, especially I, was, I lost my appetite and I couldn't mm. sleep. So eventually mm. I went to sleep, uh, the next day, like in the afternoon, mm. I went to sleep. And I slept for like 16 hours. Wow. <laughs> right. And I woke up, you know, I woke up and I felt reborn, really. I felt really fresh. Mm. And and I, I immediately tried to trigger uh, <laughs> those voice. You know what? It doesn't come out. Wow. I, I was shocked. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe. And I thought. Maybe just just today, temporary, you know. So I was afraid to trigger, but but you know, days went on and and it was gone. And uh, also in those days, I weren't ticking as much. Uh, a lot of my physical tick weren't really there. So, hmm. but vocal tick remained. So, mm-hmm. uh, what you see me now with ticks is is you know it's it's what's there remain of the ticks. You know, but over the years I developed. A few more vocal ticks. Um, my ticks also seasonal. I find seasonal in between season, especially late spring uh, uh, or like late fall. <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes I eat the wrong thing. Like I love drinking coffee, but for mm. most people who have Tourette's or for ADHD, they don't want to touch coffee because mm. it's like it's like cocaine to them. It's too mm. fast. It can make them tick. But you know what? I'm I'm old enough to own my own own myself. You know, so I love coffee. <laughs> I take so you'll take the consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so do most people? Do you know like most people that have Tourette's? Like, are they usually diagnosed around that age, of adolescence, like twelve or whatever? Do you, yeah, know? They, you know? They say they say the they say the onset uh, of Tourette is before age eighteen. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, I know a lot of I know I know a lot of uh, and also if you look up any facts about Tourette's they always talk about children so it is mm-hmm. uh, it is more frequent uh, to occur among kids than adults and uh, before age 18 but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are also a lot of adults out there uh, who who start having tics later in their life um, which is uh from my from my understanding, it's a, it's a, it's a harder than than being a kid because you're yes. an adult, you're in the you're in the real world working. And now is not the time to have these these things, and now you have to, especially psychologically you have to learn. It's 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 it's, it's really tough. But then the, the the compared to kids, there's definitely a lot more of a, a children syndrome than adults. You know, but also you know there's really no cure for this. And so for some kids, uh, it'll go away as they enter into adult life. Sometimes really? you go away. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you go away completely. Mm. You know, there are a lot of celebrities. If you look up online, there's a lot of celebrities out there, uh, artists uh, who have uh, Torah syndrome. Mm. Uh, 
a lot of time you don't even realize that they have Tourette's because their their Tourette is so is so minor. You know, they're also like you know popular politicians. Uh, for example, uh, New York City's uh, public advocate Jumani William mm. from Brooklyn. Mm. He's a Tourette. He's a Tourette-er, and mm. and uh, you know he he whenever he's talking to public, he's just like myself, just ticking naturally, like mm. it's not affecting him. Mm. And so someone who don't know about Tourette, they might think it's bad habit. For someone mm. who knows it's Tourette, you know, and when I look at him, I'm like, wow, I'm proud of this guy, man. You know, he just mm. being himself. Thanks to uh, social media, a lot of community networking all together, there are there are a lot of informations out there uh, numbers and uh, data and statistics uh, you can you can seek uh, Torah syndrome association is really really great uh, place to find these answers and you know what's great about me living in Queens for so long that Bayside Queens where I grew up it's actually the national headquarters for Torah syndrome association hmm. and uh, every year May is the celebration. You know, May is a celebration for Asians. It's a celebration for a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, people and culture. We all celebrate in May. But May is also uh, the month for Tara Syndrome. From mm-hmm. May 15 until June 15, we tend to wear the color teal blue. Mm-hmm. And that represents Tara Syndrome. And uh, all these came from all these missions and movements that came from Torah Syndrome Association, which is based in Bayside. And right now, there are uh, chapters in almost every city and state throughout the, throughout the United States. There are also ch- chapters internationally, especially in Europe. Um, Taiwan you know, and S- South Korea has some awareness of it, but I know uh, mainland China lacks uh, uh, Torah Syndrome. But, 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 but Torah Syndrome is really... Uh, more recognized, you know, in the in the in the Western world, uh, yeah, but there's still a lot of there's still a lot of uh, room to to go, you know, because mm-hmm. you know after all we still don't know how to how to catch it, you know, it's so different among different people. All right? Can you talk a little bit more about like the Tourette's community? Like you said, there's some Tourette's Association or social media groups. What kind of support do you get from them, and which ones would you recommend? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I started, <laughs> although I always, you know, since eighth grade, right, you know, I, 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 I go to, I go, you know, every new semester, I put myself in front of every new class and talk about my Torah syndrome, right? Uh, from school, went to interview, job interview, I always talk about Torah syndrome, you know. So you're very, very open, you just tell people, listen, open I have this it. and this is what it is. Right. The first group I joined on Facebook, it was called Torah Syndrome Support Group. Mm-hmm. And that's also when I made my first video. I, was, I recorded a video, I posted on Facebook, and I shared it into that group. It was me making a formula at midnight for my son. And I was ticking, making all kind of noise like crazy. It was around <laughs> December. And that's when I was... People loved it, man. I got like like hundreds of likes. What, what inspired people, you to share that? You were just trying to show the real side? <laughs> Uh, well, I, as you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm actually mostly an extrovert. You know, I, yeah. you know me for a long yeah. time. I, 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 I dress in flamboyant colors and I'm very showy. And plus, you know what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, I, I, I do, I do whatever I, I do however I want to do it. I'm very passionate about it. 
so that's why, you know, I, I was I was once I was once bullied, and I was once afraid to show people who I am. But now I'm now I'm, now I'm like a sometimes I'm a I'm an attention freak. So 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 I I sort of capitalize on the fact that I like it I like attention, whether it's positive or negative. So I said, why don't I why don't I you know one stone two birds? Why don't I do something where I can get the attention on one at the same time, creating a positive energy. Mm. So that's why I don't mind people to look at me. I don't mind people. Uh, what's that? What's that term? Uh, um, uh, when you uh, uh, what's that term? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, cringe. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. If people cringe at me because I'm, I'm like that. So that was the first time you shared a video of yourself ticking. So you're making formula for your son, and you got a That's lot of positive reaction. What happened after that? After that, I joined another group which is called a Tick, uh, Tick and Tourette Support page. It's sort of a spun-off from Tourette Syndrome uh, Support Group. Tourette Syndrome Support Group have like tens of thousands of members. They got multiple admins, and almost every admin uh, have or are experienced with Tourette mm-hmm. Syndrome mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them also have clinical experience. They're also doctors. Oh. Uh, they're also chapter, you know, Tourette Syndrome Association chapter presidents mm. and leaderships mm. within the group. Mm. So it's a really good group. I often I often point uh, people to that group mm. because it's, it's one group that you can find a resource. Like a man will actually reach out to you to find out your zip codes. They will, you know, voluntarily give you, share with you, you know, chapter information around your area where you can, you can attend summer camp or what the kids are learning about this kind of mm. stuff. So it's a really Sounds comprehensive like a great group. resource, yeah. Really, really good group. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's not a, a group you want to play around. It's a very, very serious mm-hmm. group. Composed mm-hmm. of a lot of parents, parents, and talking about their experience with their kids. There's also a subgroup within it, to a syndrome support group for parents. Mm-hmm. So you, you sort of have to, have to join that group first, then to join the subgroup, because there's so much. This, this subject is so sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many ways you can trigger. Someone who have Tourette's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm very grateful. But Tourette didn't get to a point where 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 it really led to depression and really really dragged myself down. I'm mostly a, a sunshine a person, but a lot of people a lot of people are not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not. That's why that's why there are a lot of ways to trigger someone who have Tourette. You never know what kind of scar, what kind of trauma they mm-hmm. have. So I have been interviewed on on Tourette syndrome podcast. It's really really good podcast they have uh, like over like 40 seasons and a lot real people real story about Tourette syndrome they also associated with Tourette syndrome association mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're not the only podcast there are the podcasts around uh, uh, zoom cast there's a lot of Tourette's on, on tiktok mm-hmm. it's a perfect platform <laughs> because you know tiktok uh, Sounds and cool. also Tw- yeah. twitch tv has a lot of Tourette's people on there. In a way, you know, Twitch and Tourette is go to hand in hand. So, <laughs> so the, the Twitch TV wasn't created for Tourette, but a lot of Tourette's are on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, Facebook, Instagram. There are a lot of people who do advocacy, and uh, a lot of my friends who are in Tourette's and advocacy for a long time, they they often praise me uh, for for being different about the way I advocate. That I'm not always so serious and depressed I they said they love the way I advocate by combining my my own lifestyle my own prior passion my own colorfulness 
Yes, so, I know, like, because uh, I follow you on Instagram and I've seen your videos. You had some videos where you're doing Qigong. You have some videos where you're doing push-ups and all that. And I was wondering, like, are those um, strategies for you to manage your Tourette's or your ticking? Is that why you're doing those things? Yeah, I hashtag, I often hashtag Tourette's Syndrome Awareness, ADHD, OCD, Mental Health Awareness on, on those videos. Uh, I also hashtag seven days Hashtag seven days Tourette's. One of my friend, Mr. Move and Speak from, from Instagram, created a movement called Hashtag seven days Tourette's. What is that? So basically, uh, to, to allow uh, Tourette's to freely express themselves and to show everyone what Tourette's syndrome is seven days so what is week, what is a know? week in the life of someone that has Tourette's like <laughs> <laughs> it could be you know it could be you know it could be someone like me as a father you know it could be someone that's a, a student recently i started to write about Tourette's syndrome I, I published so far two articles on asam news uh one dedicated to you know when senator ted cruz on twitter uh weaponized Tourette's syndrome to attack the Democrats, I blasted Tantel Cruz on Twitter with a video message. Mm-hmm. I got share. I got like, I think last time I checked like thirty five thousand views. Wow. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I would love to go viral. Man. I hope <laughs> I got a million views on that stuff, man. But but it was a it was a good it was a good milestone for me. Also, it was my first time really getting exposed on on, on, on Twitter. Uh, so I actually have a Twitter account also under the same handle. Just like my my, uh, my Instagram, yeah. Tourette, right? And and as you know, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, I had haters, man. I had haters coming at me trying to say that, uh, you know, I I try to use my Tourette syndrome advocate uh, as a front huh. to to talk about to talk about politics. Huh. So I, I I hit them back. You know, they feel they basically they're trying to say that because I have Tourette, I'm incapable of handling politics. Oh wow! And you know what? You know what? I turned that negativity around and I capitalized it for my next episode of Torah Syndrome Advocacy. And I basically screenshot them mm-hmm. and I talk about it. I say, yo, these assholes, they're the reason why I advocate because they don't know who I am. They think I'm lesser of a person. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're wrong. You know? Thank you for discriminating me because you know what? You're the reason why I love to do my Torah Advocacy. <laughs> So, what is it that you want people to know about um, people with Tourette's or Tourette syndrome for people who don't know anything or have never met somebody? I want them to know, you know, especially you know when Ted Cruz uh, weaponized Tourette syndrome to attack the Democrats. He was attacking someone. He was attacking Seth Rogen at the time. Mm. Seth Rogen wrote a uh, sarcastic, funny joke also jabbing at Ted Cruz. But, you know, knowing the fact Ted Cruz is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a public person, but Ted Cruz actually slapped back with a very nasty reply, basically saying that Seth Rogen is incapable of controlling his emotions and writing this negative, negative stuff, just like someone who has Torah syndrome. Mm. Right? So that gave me a lot of thoughts. So what I want to tell people in the world about what Tourette's syndrome is and why I like the awareness is that don't just understand Tourette's syndrome based on popular culture, the media, or based on what's the most shocking characteristic of Tourette's syndrome that's often almost like 
talked about it in fictions and stories, like a like a legendary thing. You know, no, we don't always bark, we don't always curse, we don't always, you know, go crazy, happy, go more golf swings. You know, no, you know, we don't do none of that. You know, perhaps some of us do, but you know, Tourette syndrome uh, coming different colors. You know, you know, we could be a, we could be a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Right, so you know, before you open mouth and 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 judge us uh, or try to use Tourette syndrome, you know, as part of your catchphrase, you know, you know, you gotta take a moment and think. There's a lot more to it than than Tourette syndrome. You know, you gotta understand what the Tourette syndrome iceberg is, and you gotta understand. You know, it may be funny to you, you may be a joke. You can just brush it off because you you might think. You have a little bad behavior, you can just brush it off. No, it's not like that. There's a lot more to it. And that's why I want to show you my misery, my agonizing tics. Now, you know, some might think that I'm, some might think I'm easily able to control. But for you, you might think, wow, you know, this is something I don't know how I will react if I have it. You know, I hope you're inspired, you know. But if you're not, you know, I hope I can plant and see and grow a tree one day and let you know who I am, you know. So it's not easy to to uh, to do terror advocacy. A lot of times people click likes, people who like you, and and they still may not understand the whole in-depth of what terror syndrome is, you know. So they themselves, they can also, you know, make a mistake and say something stereotypical about what terror syndrome is. And I think even even sometimes among people who have Tourette's themselves, you know, some take it very seriously, some don't, some are sensitive, and some are insensitive. But I think all these things can be incorporated into Tourette's syndrome awareness advocacy, you know, because it's it is there's just so much you don't know, you know, uh, compared to what you can see that seems shocking to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually just thinking, like, um, how does someone, would you have any advice or guidelines for how someone should talk to or react to someone with Tourette's? Because, for example, you said you don't want to trigger someone who has Tourette's. Um, so are there certain things that you should or should not say? And how sensitive should you be about talking about it? I think you should be very natural. I I, I, I don't think, look, man, I, if you if you happen to trigger me, it's not your fault. If you trigger me, look, man. But if you trick me today, it's really really not your fault. It's also I don't think you should be you know tiptoeing, walking on eggshell around me. Uh, I think the most important part is you know to have your full understanding, even if you don't understand the chemistry, the mechanism, the science behind it. But you just got to simply understand and be aware of the possibilities, right? That when they tell you things, you know, it's almost like telling you, you know, about do you believe in ghosts? You might flat out, you know, disapprove me. But I just hope that you can you can at least try to accept it. And I think acceptance is, is very, very important. So instead of trying to tiptoe and, and walk an eggshell, trying to think what I should say or should not say. I think the most important thing is to, when you are being asked about, you need to understand me. 
you know, try to be a better listener and try to put yourself into their shoes. But I, I wouldn't want you to, uh, you know, sugarcoat. I wouldn't want you to feel bad about it. You know, I, you know, but I just hope that, you know, you can try to understand what this is. And uh, also, don't, don't try to point it out, right? Like I said, you know, if the person isn't this guy yesterday, he was ticking. Yet again, a week later, he wasn't ticking. You know, don't remind him about the ticks. Do not say, hey, man, you're great today. You're not ticking. Don't ever say that. That's definitely not just disrespectful, plus it triggers, you know. Um, other than that, you know, I think I, it's, it's hard to say, man. You know, I, I think it will be unfair. You know, I, I think it will be unfair for me to, to say you must do something. Uh, for me to feel better because look it's not your fault that I have Tourette's syndrome and at the same time I don't want you to feel that it's anyone's fault in this so look don't 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 feel bad just be natural be natural at the same time when I tell you you need to understand me you better be a better listener than a talker I appreciate that Peter but I think that that says a lot about you and how you've evolved and what you've been through I'm not sure I think it this is a very personal question like it depends on where the person is in their Tourette's journey they would answer differently so I really appreciate that you've um, gone through all this and that you can be so open to uh, say to people like don't tiptoe around me but some people you know if they're early in the process they may be more sensitive but you bring up a good point of like you know don't point things out I think that's probably good advice for any group like um, if somebody's overweight it's you know you don't want to always talk about their weight like oh you gained weight or oh did you lose weight or or whatever the person is struggling with you don't want to accentuate that or at least maybe if you approach it you want to approach it in a more supportive way I think that's a great message Absolutely. I mean, I often, I often, I often, you know, put in the the, the fine prints <laughs> to let you know that I sound so confident, but but I I came from the dark place. You know, <laughs> I weren't, I wasn't always like this. You know, so it might sound easy and confident out of my mouth. You know, but 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 I I, I respect everyone out there, especially. Uh, you know the people who are who are really really struggling with this. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you you know this is a this is a, a a disability that's that's protected by American Disability Act. Mm-hmm. So people need to know need to know your right. You need to feel empowered. Uh, you know, do not let people discriminate you. Uh, you, know, for, you know, keep you away from a job you want to pursue. You know, this is something everyone who have Tourette syndrome entering entering the workforce need to know. This is a disability protected under federal law. Yes. I can end this like this. I can end this in a very Chinese way, actually. So <laughs> now going back to going back to the first doctor I went to see, which was a Chinese reflexologist who specialized in acupuncture and pressure points. Right? Uh, I didn't walk away from that completely because after I stopped the medication, uh, I, I found myself a new reflexologist in Flushing. He have one of those kind of a hole in a wall spot and uh, in a private house and a uh, great guy. Uh, he's a uh, master in Qigong. So he's very, he cultivates a lot of Qi energy. He, he, he meditates. He's very refined in his skill. 
and uh, <laughs> through acupuncture therapy, from seeing this guy for over ten years, I also understand some way to self-control myself. Three major points. So one is like there's a pressure point, there's a sinking point right here in the in the cheekbone right here that you can press on this. Uh, uh, in some in Chinese reflexology, you know, we we when you rub on this, it helps your eye. This is generally generally helping your eye to clear your vision, mm. also to soothe your cheek, mm. also behind your ear, mm. right here. Mm. You know the sitting spot. This is also you know this is also uh, a major artery right here. If you hit it hard enough, you can pass out. But this is also another point. And the third one is right here near the shoulder. You can kind of feel the sinkage. You press down a little sore. So, so what so does what does the point behind the ear do, and then what does the point on the shoulder? All all three points create this this triangular uh-huh. triangular group. They call it sanchash and Okay, this. and that's supposed to relieve your jaw. It, it relieve a lot of it relieve a lot of uh, motor tick. You can control vocal tick. Mm-hmm. You can even control my thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can even control ADHD mm-hmm. and OCD. Mm-hmm. Just, just by pressing those points, either one of these points, okay. or sometimes I press two at a time. And I use one finger uh-huh. here, one finger there. Uh-huh. So through those days when, when I'm having some trouble, I I press onto these points, and I can control movements, and so I can find some relaxation. Mm. You know? Great. And this doctor, he's Taiwanese. You know? <laughs> he's, I think he, I think he's from uh, he, I think from either Tainan or Kaohsiung. Oh, yeah. So he's he's Taiwanese, Taiwanese. Oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Um, I do hope that all of my listeners have learned a little bit more about Tourette's or feel inspired by your personal journey, because I think that you had a lot of courage and a lot of self-awareness to find the best way for yourself to deal with this. I'm sure everybody's journey is a little bit different, but um, hopefully they will get some inspiration from your story. Yeah, you're very welcome. And hey, thank you for inviting me to your show. You know, let's... Uh, do another one next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, Peter. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good night. Thank Felicia. you. To take care. I've been speaking with Peter Yang Zhao about Tourette syndrome and his personal journey as a Touretteer. He shared the challenges he's overcome and how he advocates for more awareness of Tourette syndrome. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website talkingtaiwan.com. There, we'll list any related links. Talking Taiwan has been publishing new episodes on a weekly basis for a year now, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's been a full-time job. Our work is made possible by the generous donations of our supporters and listeners. We want to thank all those who have donated so far. Help us grow and continue producing engaging content by supporting us on Patreon at www.patreon.com/talkingtaiwan. We are offering supporters invitations to a quarterly AMA or Ask Me Anything session with me, Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan. Advanced notification of future guests, a Talking Taiwan tote bag, and other mystery gifts. If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Taiwan, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, tell a friend about us, or help others discover Talking Taiwan by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.